On this episode of the Big Footy International Podcast, I talk to Jason Arnold, the coach of the Canadian uh, Northern Lights and also the coach of the Canadian Midnight Suns. And he's going to tell us all about his team's preparation, his hopes, his dreams and who to look out for in the International Cup. All that and more, coming right up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the International Big Footy Podcast. I'm talking today to Mr. Jason Arnold, the coach of the Canadian women's team. Uh, good morning, Mr. Arnold. Morning, Jason. Um, perhaps uh, you could tell us a little bit first about uh, how you got involved with coaching a women's team in Canada. Uh, Tristan Waldock, who was the coach in 2011 at IC, uh, came to me... Um, in 2012 before we played the US in Ohio and uh, mentioned that he was looking at moving on and it was something I was really interested in. My wife's from Edmonton and we're going to be here for a while and, and so being footy's been a big part of my life so one of the things I wanted to get involved with was uh, football locally and, and uh, have an impact so when that opportunity came up I jumped at it so I went across to Ohio and met the girls and unfortunately uh, lost that game against the US. I think it was the first time the girls had been beaten. The US team played really well and it sort of motivated me to be involved in such a great group of uh, girls, really passionate about their footy, and and uh, so it was a pretty easy decision, to be honest. And you played football in uh, Victoria, or yeah, yeah, yeah in Victoria, mainly uh, Ball- in Ballarat League. My hometown's back of Smash, so I played most of my football there. Had two ACL um, injuries, unfortunately, which sort of. Uh, Made me from a, a good average footballer to a very average footballer, um, but uh, and then went down the coaching path. Nice. Um, so we we've, we at Big Footy have. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but we um, we we kind of adopted one of your players. Um, she's apparently in the Midnight Sun yeah, side. Absolutely. We we, we 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 kind of adopted her after feeling that there was some sort of injustice being perpetuated. On the uh, perpetrated, rather on the um, on a certain competition she was involved in last year, I and, followed the threads with interest. Jason, it was quite an interesting time. We were quite taken with that. <laughs> we, I think, we at Big Footy all like to think that we played a part in her uh, getting a victory Absolutely. there, and uh, we were a little bit disappointed she didn't make the, the 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 first women's team, but we were immensely glad when she was uh, named to the second side. So. Yeah, I think, uh, and as much as uh, you know, the, the toughest part of coaching making the 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 phone call, uh, well, in this case, phone call rather than face to face, because the girls are spread across the country, which makes it even tougher. And the thing about Renee is such she's such a quality individual that uh, she made it a lot easier than it would have been. But it also, I think, rather than it be a reflection on uh, Renee, it's more a reflection on the team that the team, and we're pretty excited about the group. We've got such depth now. And, and the Midnight Suns is another example of that depth that within 48 hours we can pull together 24, 25 girls that are pretty passionate about representing their country. So how did, how did it come about that you guys actually ended up with two teams instead of one going to the International Cup? Um, when Papua New Guinea pulled out, um, there was an opportunity to, to bring, to replace them. And initially there was flagged for a North American team, um, uh, but as the U.S. already had uh, their development team there, they were pretty keen to have that 
development team replace uh, Papua New Guinea. Um, and so we asked for an opportunity to also put in a second team, um, which at the time we thought might have been a long shot, given we had no no notice for the girls. But over the weekend, a number of phone calls and emails, and um, yeah, 48 hours later, um, we had the, one of the provisos where they had to have funds to be able to go. And so it wasn't necessarily a selected team. The, the team was based on girls who were playing, that were passionate about their footy. And uh, in saying that, the majority of those that uh, are playing in the Midnight Suns are, are girls that have played in their development team before or um, were on the verge of. So, um, yeah, they they uh, put their hands up and said, yep, we're in. And so then we had to scramble with the jerseys and off-field kits and coaches. And uh, so there was a lot of legwork uh, for a lot of people to, to get us to the point we are now. Excellent. So you're officially the coach of both sides, are you? Uh, head coach of the lights, and I've uh, delegated because it's such a uh, you know, huge commitment coaching these t- five games in 10 days. It was important to us that we didn't lessen the experience for the lights who'd been preparing for, most of them been preparing for two years for this occasion. And uh, to be able to split that role would have been really tough. So I was fortunate enough to have Mark Peterson, who uh, MPs in Australia, um, who was the assistant coach to Tristan in 2011, who was, uh, you know, one phone call said, yep, love to be involved and uh, been able to move his life sideways in a short period of time to be the coach along with uh, two assistant coaches who were being able to organise. And uh, one of the players stepped up as team manager and so they're, they're pretty much self-sufficient. And there's a lot of things we'll be doing together, uh, parts of training, some uh, events that we'd plan for the lights can, can include both teams. But it's also important for those group of girls that haven't spent any time together to have some uh, some time separate as a group, and so we've arranged that also. I was talking to Lee Barnes, the coach of the Freedom, the US yep. women, and he was saying that he's effectively coaching both women's sides. Uh, <laughs> Which and uh, I, and it'll be interesting. It's like I'm sure it's possible. Uh, I think it was really important um, from our point of view. And in saying that, if we if we didn't have someone like Mark, I, I probably would have taken on because it's important to have an experienced leader at the helm. And I'm just uh, get on really well with uh, Mark, and and, uh, and he's been there before. Uh, it's my first time doing an IC coaching wise, so we're fortunate to be able to have someone of MP's capabilities and the team that's supporting him to uh, to lead the Suns. We're pretty excited about that. Excellent. Um, I see as well that uh, the uh, your International Cup Guernseys are on sale still. They've extended that apparently to the end of September. Well, we were thinking they might get some buying from the big footy crew. Um, if they're all going to jump on uh, board the Northern Lights and, and the Suns on the back of uh, supporting Renault, we'd, we'd thought we'd, uh, we might uh, keep it open and see if there's some, some buying from the predominantly the guys in, in Australia. Well, that's, that's that's what we think as well. We we think that some of the guys will be late. Let's face it, we're guys. After all, we leave things to the last <laughs> minute. But uh, absolutely, I think uh, more. We, we, I'm quite impressed with the jumpers that have been released. Actually, I thought um, they're really good. Some of them, some very colourful ones, yeah. and some very uh, some more colour in the AFL wouldn't go astray. To be honest, but uh, yeah. So when you but, come, um, how, how many women do you have to choose from? when you pick your main squad? Uh, we had uh, 20... We You can have 30 in the squad. Initially, it was flagged at 28. Uh, we'd had 29, and then, unfortunately, one of our uh, players from Ottawa uh, hurt her knee two weeks ago. So we in the, with the lights, we've got 28 to choose from. And uh, obviously, on game day, anywhere between 22 and 24. And that's going to be the key. This is going to be a really interesting challenge for all the coaches that haven't uh, been there before. 
Um, and even the ones who've been in 2011, given the landscape's a little bit different. In the women's draw, we've got from effectively five games in 11 days, or, um, which is more about rotation and and preserving players than playing your best uh, best team every game. Okay, so in total, how many how many uh, women are you taking with you? Oh, we've got 28 for the 29 for the lights, and I think uh, we've got 27 for the suns. Okay, and you're travelling with the men, or are they travelling separately? Um, it was a logistical nightmare to try and coordinate it. <laughs> with just pulling uh, 20, 29, or at that stage it was 30 women from across the country to try and get them together was, was near impossible because the most important thing is just getting cheap flights. So um, we've got the bulk of our women are flying on the QF94 from LA on Friday and arriving Sunday morning. And then all of our uh, Northern Lights players are arriving on Sunday morning and we get things going Sunday afternoon. Um, the Suns are coming in at different times because of the shorter notice. Not all of them could have got the full three weeks off. So we've got the bulk of them arriving around Sunday and Monday. And uh, and I think there's only a handful that uh, can't make it in time for the first game because unfortunately with the change to uh, seven teams, the schedule changed so that it went from the... Uh, starting on the Tuesday the 12th till Monday the 10th. So that put a couple of girls out that couldn't have got time off the previous week, but uh, uh, we've still got a good core of uh, players that all represent in the first game. Yeah, I wondered how you were going to do that. I know the um, talking to the US guys who have the same issues, they, mm. um, they've they got a hundred of them basically staying in the one one accommodation. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and we've got the same. The men, the men, and, and all three teams are staying at the the same accommodation. It was just transport wise, uh, getting them there. Were just the priority was get the cheap best flight you can for the cheapest yep. price, and we'll meet you in Melbourne, and, uh, and we'll go from there as a team. So, um, are you guys pulling in any Australian based players to go with your team, or is this all strictly? Yeah, Canadians? we have. We actually, well, we've got um, not Australian based. I wouldn't say necessarily. We've got for the lights. We've got two players that. Um, of well, one in particular, Kendra Hale, who moved across from Hamilton to Australia in January to prepare for IC, and uh, she's had a great season. She's um, made the Vic Metro team and uh, played in the draft game before the Bulldogs Melbourne, so uh, and, and played quite well. So um, that's been really good for her, and uh, so she plays her last game this weekend. So fingers crossed, she doesn't. Uh, uh, getting needles there, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Lara Hilmi was an interesting one that we hadn't heard of before. Um, she had a rookie season last year, playing with the Sydney Shamrocks, um, which is predominantly an Irish team. And uh, they, she won the best and fairest, and uh, made the team of the year in the Sydney Football League in her first year. Um, and since then, has gone on to represent the Sydney Football League this year in a couple of wins over Canberra. So, uh, so she's a really good addition as well. So we've got those two players, and then in the Suns, we've got three two, three players um, based in Queensland that uh, are coming down as well. Okay, excellent. Now you uh, mentioned that you're coming in on Friday. You're coming in a week early. Leaving Friday. Leaving. Leaving, yeah, leaving Friday. Arriving Sunday. So, what what sort of preparation do you do? leading into like do you have practice matches i suppose it is easier to have practice matches when you've got two full sides with you but i mean do you do you uh, have any interaction with uh like women's football clubs or even afl clubs yeah our plan we've we've always had an alignment with uh, port melbourne which is linked with the sydney uh, the link between sydney and, and port melbourne 
And so we're training on the five days next week at Port Melbourne, um, sharing the ground with the guys. Um, some of it we'll have to ourselves and then there'll be a bit of combined. And um, so uh, every morning there we'll be at Port Melbourne and we've got some other skill sessions uh, planned for, for the afternoon. But essentially that that next week was about getting together, going through game plan and, and uh, strategy and just spending time together in the same space because we do, haven't got the benefit of doing that parallel cup when we play the US is the only time you really get to get together um, and, and the odd camp, but even then you can't get every player together. So that's the main focus um, for next week. Okay. Now the parallel cup you mentioned, uh, I believe you guys annihilated the freedom in uh, in their last in in the last game he played is is that correct? Yeah, I think yeah we did. Lee, uh, we we won pretty convincingly. Lee, Lee, Lee Barnes, uh, I think, uh, told me off for bringing it up, but uh... <laughs> yeah, well, look, it was. Uh, I was really pleased. Regards the scoreboard, I think it was eighty-seven to one or something. But the, the important thing for us was that the what, the year before we'd been beaten. Uh, for the first time and they're a really proud bunch and it's a combination of girls that have uh, played for the lights uh, in previous years and some new players that have bought into what we're about and uh, and they wanted to get the, the credibility back and so they trained pretty hard in that 12-month period leading into Edmonton and uh, and you have days where things go your way and uh, but like I've said to the girls, like because we don't play each other from week to week, the true test will be whether it was whether it was a fluke or whether it was uh, was on the back of the hard work they'd done. We'll be uh, we'll find out on August the tenth. Okay, so um, New Zealand obviously didn't send a team, which is probably how you guys ended up being able to put in a second side in, as well. I think as New Zealand the, and then Papua New Guinea. There were the, yeah, there were two that New Guinea, uh, pulled out. New Guinea far, but Tonga and Fiji, I think, are sending teams for the first time. Yeah. Um. So they're relatively it's unknown. Exciting. And it is exciting, but uh, the Irish are likely to be your biggest competition given recent results. How, how do you see that? It's an interesting one. It's like looking at the squad. Um, they've gone with a mix of rather than because uh, they've got you know, uh, domestic teams back in Ireland, they seem to have gone with a mix of uh, players, um, Melbourne-based players. Uh, over half the squad's Melbourne-based players, and a number of those are Gaelic footballers rather than Aussie rules players which is interesting. Um, and that might be because they, they haven't got enough buy-in from over in Ireland or they might have just gone on a different route. But uh, So it's hard to get a gauge because half the group don't play AFL um, at the moment. So uh, it'll be we'll know from the, the round matches uh, what sort of shape they're in as far as uh, knowledge of football. And, and uh, But you've you got to expect that uh, given the other champions last time and convincing champions that they're definitely going to be the team to beat. Mm. And it makes it kind of weird if they've got no uh, no league of their own in Ireland. Oh, they do. They've got there's teams um, that well, uh, there's a number of uh, teams in in Ireland um, that, that play on a regular basis. So a number of those players, a number of players in their squad are travelling across. I think there's ten or eleven that are coming across that that play uh, regularly. Does does it concern you that they use such a large number of Australian-based players? Oh, not really. I think the exciting thing is that, uh, you know, um, because the women's uh, competition is still establishing itself, I think it's great that they're representing again. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've had a real focus with the girls on um, you can't control what you can't control. So uh, it's it's pretty ambitious to talk about winning events when you don't even know who you're up against. When you go into a regular 
home and away season than what we'd be traditionally used to. You get a gauge after a few weeks about who the teams are and and what's realistic as far as a goal. You may even know from the year before you know who what what teams have recruited what. This is a whole different ball game. So I think. Um, we haven't, as coaches, haven't focused on, oh, no, we're here to win it. Of course, we, we want to be competitive. But the most important thing for us is that we're prepared and um, and we perform the best we can And because we don't know who we're up against. But I'd imagine from from uh, the last uh, I see that, that Ireland would be the, going to be the, the challenge as well as the US are going to. You know, there was a number of players I know that didn't play in that game in Edmonton. Um, so and they're a pretty proud group and they're, they're really well coached they've got experienced coaches there so we're certainly not uh, thinking we're over the line against the US either and you don't know what's going to happen with Tonga and Fiji no, well, absolutely they're complete unknowns really aren't they and the other thing is the development teams like we've, you know, our development team's got you know, these girls from Queensland for example we don't end up playing our own development team but uh, you don't know what you're going to get there either because uh, we've got a number of players there that uh, um, we haven't they're sight unseen as far as in Canada um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out between the Midnight Suns and the other teams. Okay. Now, having a look at your draw, I'm guessing you're probably glad that the Suns aren't drawn to t- uh, the Midnight Suns aren't drawn to t- play the the, um, the the lights at all. <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been well planned. I think uh, that would have been a really awkward situation. But again, you don't know what's going to happen come uh, three versus four and, and the, the final. It may end up being that way, depending on. How Tonga and, and Fiji. Yeah, again, um, talking to Lee Barnes about that, he was his nightmare is that they have to play each other. And oh, absolutely. With the one be set ter- of coaching It'd be really stuff. tough. <laughs> it'd be really tough, especially in Lee's case if he's coaching both. You yeah, know, I don't know what well, you that situation. They they would probably have to adapt, I suppose. Now you're playing all your games at Royal Park. Um, uh, apart from the community round. Until yeah. the community round, that's right. And your first game, uh, the first women's game you've got is the Midnight Suns are playing Tonga um, yep. on August the 10th at 11.30 in the morning. The times are now out on the schedule, yes, which is uh, good because for a while there we were looking at it going, we don't know where to turn up, who to support or whatever. Yeah. But uh, certainly 11.30 on a Sunday is a game that many, I expect many big footy people to turn out for, hopefully. Great. And uh, love make a day of it because the lights play the freedom at one thirty. I reckon that at the our game against the US might be the highlight of the day. I think there's some pretty, on, on history, there's some uneven games in the men's draw. So uh, I think it might be the, the, the game of the day. Yeah, there's not, um, there's some interesting games there for sure. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to see Great Britain play France, to be honest. But, yeah, that'd um, be good. That would yeah. be, a, be yes. an interesting game. Uh, but yeah, how... Um, for the, that jeez, it's not going to go down well. There's be some editing done here, don't you worry? Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll see a good. It's a it's a Sunday, so hopefully we'll see a good contingent of big footy guys down there uh, for We'd to see that. the um, the Suns and the Lights play. It's pretty much one after the other. Ovals are next yeah. to each other, I think. So pretty excited about that. It's been a long time coming. And then on the Wednesday, the 13th, you've got the Freedom playing the Midnight Suns. Yep. And uh, that's at 9.30 in the morning, so a nice early start there. Kicking, kicking the kicking off. Kicking the off the grass, as we used to say. Yeah. And then at 11.30, you've got uh, the Northern Lights playing the Liberty, so uh, that, that ought to be another good day, although I expect a, a slightly smaller turnout from the big footy group yeah, due to it yeah, being a Wednesday. Yeah. And then your community rounds, you've got... Uh, Saturday at East Burwood, and the Suns don't play that weekend. No, Northern Lights playing Fiji 
at uh, yeah. Wheeler's Hill there. Yeah. So that's uh, a weekend game. So hopefully we'll see some uh, That'd be great. guys there. And then uh, Ireland playing the Midnight Suns at Royal Park on the Monday the 18th. Yeah, that's going to be a, a challenging game for them. Uh, and then on the 20th, you've got uh, the Suns playing the Liberty and the Knights, uh, the Lights playing Tonga. Yep. Uh, they're at the same. In fact, those matches are immediately after each other at the same venue. So great. that's uh, a Wednesday. And then uh, the final is on the 23rd at uh, at Punt Road Oval. So Exactly. Steeped in history, Punt Road. But, uh, well, and as a Tiger man all my life, that'd be pretty exciting to, uh, to be able to... <laughs> If I was fortunate enough to uh, to coach on that day, that'd be pretty exciting. That that would be interesting. Um, so yeah, well, what what benefits do you get out of being involved in the international cup, Jason? Personally, yeah. Well, no, well, not you. I mean, obviously the team. The team. Um, I think it's really ex- like you've only got to see the fact that these girls, all fifty odd of them, have probably f- spent in. in by the, the time it's all over, around $5,000 of their own money, plus taking three weeks off work, a lot of them, um, they in, in itself see the benefit of being able to see live games, be able to know, because you don't see it all, as you guys know, from uh, watching on TV and seeing it live. It's such a big difference. Seeing uh, you know, Canada's crazy about hockey, to see a whole lot of Australians that are crazy about Aussie rules. Um, I think that... That's speaking to the girls that went in 2011. Just the passionate sparks in the game to actually see the game that you love firsthand, get that experience separate to the playing the actual games. Just that being in in the country when it's all happening, I think it's going to be fantastic for that group. And that's why I'm really excited about the second group. I'm really passionate about trying to get that the Midnight Suns there because instead of having 29 or 30, we've got uh, you know, close to 60 now that are going to get that experience and come back and tell others, recruit others. Um, and just continue to develop the game. And, and the women's game at the moment is growing really quickly. And you only got to look in Australia how quickly it's grown in the last 10 years. It's significant. And and the other thing I'm excited about in taking this group, in particular the lights that have worked really hard, is I think um, that people will be surprised between you know, a lot of the, the, the better teams in the, in the women's draw, how well they perform and the gap between um, the Australian players and the international players may not be as large as what people initially thought and Kendra Hale who's come across from Hamilton's an example of that being selected in Vic Metro um, in her first uh, first season over there so I think they'll get get a lot of confidence from playing um, at, at IC which they'll bring back here to the other players that can't make the trip I was going to ask you how how wide a gap do you think there is between the, the Canadian women and Australian women in terms of uh, their skill um, levels look I think I think speak looking at watching Kendra playing in those games and Kendra is one of our now better players um, from the lights perspective um, and see her mix it with some of the, the, the best players there and in one stage you know, she uh, she had to do a run with job with Daisy Pierce who's who's known as one of if not the best women's players at the moment and uh, and limited it to 12 possessions for the day and, and had a few herself so um, using Kendra as an example, and that's the only way I can really gauge it at the moment, is that you know, it's possible that in you know, with the way we're developing that um, in three or four years' time, that if they were to get down the track of actually having more women's teams and, and, and getting to the point of a draft, which they flagged you know, earlier in the year, um, 
potentially five, six years down the track that uh, you know, they, they'd be looking uh, looking this way to recruit some players. Okay. Um, who? So, I mean, obviously, uh, you've got star players that we should be looking out for. Who, who would you say they would be? Like, who, who should we be watching for at the World at the International um, Cup? Look, I, one of the things, and it's, and it's a cliche. I'm trying. I'm, uh, I I really feel that our group is extremely balanced, and, and one of the things I love about we've tried to develop since right back to the game in Ohio where they got beaten, we identified as a, an area we could improve in was having. Um, a wider group of players that could go through the midfield and have an impact. And so the benefit for us now is that we could have anywhere between you know, 10, 12 players on the field that could actually go through the midfield. And that, that's usually helped by the fact that most of the players at their own club level are playing in the midfield. So they're experienced at that level. It was just getting their fitness to the point where they could play at that international level um, for extended periods of time. So... Um, specific players, obviously, you know, I've mentioned about Kendra. Um, she's going to be an even... She played well against the US in Parallel Cup and, and uh, with the experience of playing at the Eastern Devils and against the best teams in the country. Well, she's going to be... Uh, she's going to play well. I think, uh, you know, Amy, I'm really excited about having a captain back. She didn't play against the US last year, um, having uh, some surgery she was recovering from, um, watching her closely the last... Uh, last couple of months I think she's back to her best if not even better than when she, she was injured which is exciting for us um, I think Lara uh, Hilmi um, has been playing in Sydney I mentioned earlier I think uh, she's one that uh, is gonna people are going to like she's got a uh, hard added aggressive style and uh, and super fit as well um, of course we've got uh, Sylvie who uh, um, dominated the game against the US last August and uh, probably should have kicked eight goals um, it was a really windy day at Edmonton there's not a lot of cover there so um, she's really hard to match up on being so tall and, and our fastest fittest player um, she runs a, a 12 minute 3k Jeez. and is uh, and uh, you know and probably six foot two six foot three so we're uh, really hard to match up on and so we've got fortunate to be able to play her on the wing play her pretty much anywhere so she's a, a, an exciting player to watch and um, I could I could go on. I think uh, the thing I love about, like I said, is that there's there's a wide range of players there that uh, all have an impact um, and can play in different positions. Um, and there's uh, there's other players coming through that didn't play in the game against uh, the US last year that uh, I think are going to get a taste of of this level of footy that are that I'm optimistic are going to play really well too. But I'd rather keep those to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I see keeping secrets from us already. <laughs> No, it's all all very good. Take, uh, taking the pressure off them. I don't want to feel those players I mentioned. Uh, you know, they're they're going to expect to play well because they're they're quality players. Some of the others that are relatively new to the um, new to this level, um, they're already uh, pretty excited and uh, about the opportunity. And uh, I think it's important to sort of keep it balanced so that they they don't have too big a expectation on them. Yeah, of course. No, I, I understand that. Um, last thing you want is you know. A hundred odd big footy folk turning up and putting pressure on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that would be exciting for us to have a hundred odd uh, big footy folk uh, uh, cheering us on. I'm, I'm I'm hoping that there's a decent turnout of big footy folks. Um, we're going to push it on the podcast tonight and next week as well. So on our main uh, on our main board one. So um, fantastic. We've been pushing this pretty much for a year now, so it's not. It's great. It's not showing any signs of dying off. The thread's still alive. Good. Uh, Renee keeps pon 
popping in every now and then. Uh, another one of your players keeps popping in. So, is that uh, Jen Nichols? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jen Jen's uh, been a really hard worker the last twelve months, and she's uh, she's developed into a really good footballer for us. And hopefully, that hopefully you guys sell more Guernseys and whatnot to uh, pay for the trip. So. Oh, that'd be great. That's, That's... a bonus. <laughs> but just to see. Uh, just to see, you know, um, the jerseys out there. Like, there's a number that have bought them. Um, I know my family's bought a few because uh, my wife's one of the players, and uh, so it's going to be great to see a lot of national jerseys out there. Excellent, excellent. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add that we haven't covered? No, I think that's. I think we're. It's pretty uh, comprehensive. I'm just uh, just can't wait to get over there. I'm really glad now that. Um, really glad that. The girls have essentially, other than Kendra and, and Lara, have got one more game this weekend. The girls have got no more games left. So it's always, you know, it's such a tough conversation to have with uh, uh, Holly Costanza, who hurt her knee uh, for Ottawa, to have do all that hard work and then effectively being ruled out for the IC before it's begun. Oh, so when you talked about doing practice matches and so forth, I'm probably going to steer away from that. It'll be more around uh, you know, <laughs> the skill work and just for no other reason than... I back our girls to be you know, hard at the footy and I don't think they need to do much more practice on that. I think it's more around just giving them the opportunity to be able to play um, and not get injured. Uh, I think it's really important at this stage, less about the competition, more about just giving them that experience and, and be able to play. And if they do, if they're unlucky enough to get injured during that experience, at least they've got on the field and, and had a crack at it. But uh, um, that was really tough to, for, for Holly, who's a really uh, respected and, and loved player in the, in the squad. So she's still coming across and she's... Uh, got straight back on the, the horse, so to speak, and rehabbing with the hope that she can actually get out on the track with the girls and train, mm. um, which is pretty inspiring for all of us. So, uh, And who knows? Who knows? She's a, um, she's a bit of a warrior, so it wouldn't surprise me to, to see her train to the point where we could select her, and that would be a bonus because, uh, yeah, she's a fantastic player. Excellent. To, uh, good to hear, anyway, that uh, you've got some dedicated players. Absolutely. To go along with some very dedicated staff, and mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it, it's it's just encouraging to see the growth um, in the sport that you can send two teams over. And uh, I think the th- yeah, the key thing for us, one of the first messages I said to the girls was that if you're going to represent your country, your family and friends should know what sport you play and that you're serious about it. Yeah, and uh, you know, you see Olympic athletes do they're talking about the parade of nations and. And uh, you should look like an athlete and you've done the work and you feel like an athlete. And I'm really proud of our group because they, they've been super dedicated for a large number of them for you know, just on two years um, heading into this tournament. We had two goals. One was to win back the Parallel Cup, which we did convincingly. And, and the second one was to participate the IC and, and be... Uh, and we you know, came runner-up in 2011 and there was a number of girls that aren't able to make the trip this time that were really, you know, they did a phenomenal job um, to be pulled together at short notice and, and be runner up to the Irish uh, with them in mind and um, trying to go a step a step further and, and, and win the thing, which would be fantastic. But initially, just to get the squad over there and and have that experience of playing uh, playing four games and, and let's see if we're good enough to, to play in a fifth. Okay. Um, I haven't got any further questions. My biggest regret about the whole thing is that I actually won't be able to get over there. Oh, so really? I'm in Adelaide, and uh, uh, just circumstances won't allow me to get there now. Whereas I that's big, a shame. I had big plans. I did, and uh, uh, so, well, uh, and um, so there's an absolutely no chance. No, I can't. I won't be able to get there. Yeah. Well, there there would have to be, a especially if you've been part of those threads and uh, 
and there's been a bit of hype around it. That's uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I'm quite spewing, and I really do hope that uh, people don't let me down. They they, <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> I um one thing that that would uh, be good to share, especially um for the, there's others that can't be there. We're videoing, we've arranged video of every one of the um, Suns and Lights games, and the plan is to upload those. Um, as close to after the game as we can so those who can't make it especially our um, the f- family and friends in, in Canada will be able to see them but then you know Jason there's an opportunity for you to see the games so you'll be able to see Renee run around and uh, and then uh, the Lights players Jen and the Lights players do their thing as well well hopefully you win and we'll get you back on after the International Cup to have a chat happy to all right, well, I've been talking to Jason Arnold, the coach of the Canadian women's sides that are heading over here on Friday. And you can see them all uh, beginning Sunday, August the 10th at uh, Royal Park. Um, and hopefully you all turn up like you promised. Thank you very much, Jason. Thanks, Jason.